and I'd like to introduce Valentine and Susan, or Sue and Valentine, whichever way you want to go. Thank you, guys. Thank you all, and um, I, I'd like to also thank um, Ian and Eva for their presentations. They were, they were really great and inspiring. Um, and also in advance to give a plug to our nephew, Thomas Hansen, who's presenting next. We don't want to be late for yours, Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thomas is also in the Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, we, are, um, we don't want to go over too much, spend too much time sort of backgrounding, um, but we will sort of go over the background of how we came to establish Jinnagundaloo, which is the name for our Palm Island Sustainability Hub. And you want to explain the meaning of Jinnagundaloo? Uh, 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 is uh, Mission Beach uh, language name. Gundaloo is a cassowary. Uh, it, it, the old people used to say Gundaloo, Gundaloo, but uh, it's also accepted to say Gundaloo. Um, that's male and female, so it's just a cassowary. And Jinna is um, footprint. The footprint of the cassowary, and uh, we—I thought about this. We thought about this uh, because we were sent. We, my family was sent from Mission Beach, which is cassowary country, um, and we've—we're we've, now putting our footprints on Palm Island. So I thought, well, the footprint's still there, and the cassowary is uh, the king of the rainforest. Where, where they look out, they—they what's uh, they have to eat the seeds for the seeds to grow in the forest. They germinate all the seeds and basically create the rainforest. Um. So we're still alive, we're still, we're still the cassowary is still walking on a, on a different, different island. And That's also, where it comes from. Yeah, and also, sorry Valentine, um, the cassowary is to us the sort of the supreme conservationist really that we can learn so much from. Um, and uh, it te the, the cassowary teaches us a lot, um, and so we're sort of trying to implement the learning from the cassowary. We've we, we got a story behind the cassowary, but that, that's, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for those who don't know where Palm Island is, um, it's uh, off the coast of Queensland, um, northeast of Townsville, due east of um, Ingham. Um, if you, if and when you come to Palm Island, which you're very welcome to do, um, uh, you can um, get there by um, ferry from Townsville, it takes about one and a half hours, or short plane flight from Townsville, about 10 to 15 minutes, or barge from Ingham. Or if you've got your own boat, from anywhere you want. Or we'll come and pick you up. Yeah. So um, that's where it is. Um, we thought we'd... Can everybody see that? Okay. Um, so our story so far... Sorry, Valentine was worried that you might not be able to see it, but it's quite visible to everyone, is it? Yes. Okay. So um, we have been um, involved in projects on Palm Island since... Uh, these kinds of projects on Palm Island since 2007. Um, around that time, or just prior to that, we, we had this idea that we were going to go and build a fishing park that we could retire to. <laughs> 
and guess what? All this stuff. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> that idea kind of flew out the window, and we've ended up sort of doing all this other stuff. And eventually, we might be able to retire, but <laughs> we don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Um, so we ran into the councillors of the, the then Palm Island Council at a, at a, at a conference in Sydney, um, I believe, and. The then mayor said to Valentine, look Valentine, um, why don't you come home? Uh, isn't it about time you came home? Um, and contributed you know, um, your knowledge and help us with our construction industry. So do you briefly want to just explain um, why, you know, like what your background is as far as your profession? Um, well, um, well, I'm a by trade, as well as I spent 30 years in the uh, construction industry, working probably as a carpenter. So I'm now doing my Cert 4 uh, in building. I've got a Cert 3 in uh, competitive manufacturing. Uh, a lot of other small uh, tickets associated with the carpentry, for example, waterproofing. I've got a Cert 2 in boat building. I haven't completed my Cert, two, uh, cert 3, and that's in wooden boats. But I've worked uh, as a high school, as a, as a boy before high school, uh, building boats. Uh, my uncle was a carpenter, and, oh, and he taught me those skills. Um, and that same uncle is Thomas's grandfather. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, so, so we thought, yep, okay, let's do it. We went up there um, and um, started talking about a lease. Um, five years later, we eventually got the lease, um, and, and that in itself is a story. It's, um, it's not as easy as it sounds, even if it's, you know, yours or your partner's home community to set up in, a, in an Aboriginal mission, particularly a Queensland one. Um, I don't know about, about the other remote communities, but it's, it's pretty difficult. Um, five years to negotiate a lease is a very long time in anyone's lingo. <laughs> and during that time, solicitors are charging you <laughs> fees. Um, and so it was an expensive process for us as well. Um, so we decided that the best way for us to do what we thought felt, you know, sort of, um, driven to do, I guess, was to set up a, a family-based social enterprise because we looked at a whole other range of options. We um, flirted with setting up a, or actually for a short period of time, set up a company with um, some other people and just didn't, it didn't feel right for us. So we thought, no, hang on, it's about our family and our community. The, the best way we can do this is just set up our own company and do it. and. Uh, do it that way and experiment with um, whether or not that that feels better um, so we the reason I guess that Valentine has sort of highlighted the, the qualification side of it is that to run a training organization as some of you will know you need to have hold certain qualifications he also holds a cert for in, in training and assessment which I went I'm at uh, an educator, that's my background. Um, I used to be a high school teacher. I also ran screaming from the school system years ago. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, uh, 
it's actually been quite a useful experience for us, I think, to to um, to go through and get those training qualifications because what it meant was that in the end we could um, uh, pass on skills and also help local people get qualifications. I've just been given the speed up. <laughs> so I'll just, um, so very briefly, we got some training contracts. Um, we got uh, some housing maintenance and upgrade contracts. So we've, we also hold a builder's license through our family company. And that was going quite well until we began having to compete with the big fly-in, fly-out um, companies. And when the remote Indigenous housing um, program rolled out, the really big companies started circling, the really big ones. And we couldn't compete. Um, uh, you know, it, it goes, it, it flies in the face of and goes against all government, government policy intentions that we shouldn't be able to operate a building company in our own, you know, an Indigenous building company on an Indigenous island that is an Indigenous community um, without having to worry about that kind of thing. But we couldn't. So we thought, okay, let's rethink. So the community couldn't say, you can't come here, the government has the control over that. The government, the government controls the council and the community in, in, in our way of thinking. Um, although we have, a, we have a, uh, a democratically elected council, it's, somebody asked the question about um, how leases are held on Palm Island earlier. And it is a complicated story, as Valentine began saying, but deed of grant in trust communities um, became deed of grant in trust communities after a long process of, uh, uh, of negotiating with the Queensland Government. Um, prior to that, local councils did have more control, but they had no resources. <laughs> um, prior to the changeover to, to um, the kind of um, arrangements we have, have now, for example, another previous mayor once said to us, look, we had enough money to build a house a year, that's all they gave us, and look at how many people are waiting for houses in our community. It, it didn't equate, um, the waiting lists were like three and four hundred long, the overcrowded, the overcrowded conditions in the housing at the time was just outrageous and appalling, um, you know, many, many families living in tiny houses that were, that aren't that weren't then and still aren't built to suit our conditions on Palm Island. Um, again, um, that is a, it's a long story, but um, uh, even though we have our own council, it's very hard for them to, to, to sort of um, take on the state and the power of the state um, because really they're, they're basically just, the policies are being rolled out one after the other, the decisions are being made elsewhere and um, yeah, there's not, I mean, there is there is a certain amount of say, but um, not a lot, <laughs> so it's not easy. So on the lease that we acquired, um, it's 1,600 square metres. It's actually in Valentine's name, and it, uh, it includes two old workshops. It's in an old industrial part of the island, and that's a photo inside the, so we call it bottom shed and top shed. The bottom shed is the old mechanics workshop um, uh, that used to be run by the council and the top shed is the old carpentry workshop. Um, so they're quite big. They're 30 metres by nine. Wow. So, so good size shed. Yeah, they're great sheds and great spaces. This um, this 
plan, this slide doesn't show up very well, but that's one of the early plans that we worked with our architect to develop on how to redevelop the lease. And you can sort of see the two long oblongs on the bottom left hand side. They're the sheds, basically. Um, and you, can, you might be able to pick up that in that um, particular version of our planning, they're surrounded by community gardens, um, some accommodation space, there's shortage, shortage of accommodation, and if we want people to come and visit us and work with us, we need to provide accommodation. Um, there's also, you know, in, in that particular vision, room for training uh, spaces and, and other, other um, spaces. <laughs> um, so, so when I, we mentioned that we've rethought our approach, um, we decided to go back to our grassroots, our community, and work with local people to make use of the lease hold that we have and to uh, make that available to local people to actually, uh, so, that, so that everyone can benefit from it um, and from accessing it. So uh, one of the earlier um, projects that we did to explore these kinds of ideas was our house design workshop in December 2015. And an architect that we've been working with came and visited and sat down with community members and us and started exploring how we could sort of, if we wanted to design and build our own houses, how we might do that. Um, the planned projects that we have coming up include our Palm Grove cottage relocation. So we were gifted a little cottage in Sydney. Um, we pulled it apart and it's in, it's, it's bundled up now, ready to come up to the island to be reconstructed on, on that lease. Um, so, and again, so that sort of uh, speaks to our philosophy of, you know, reusing and repurposing um, uh, and is a very good use of, uh, you know, sort of, I mean, they were going to, a family in, in um, Sydney was going to, needed to put a pool in <laughs> and they were going to just um, send it to the tip. So it's really great that we get to use it. Um, our engine storage shed is where we currently stay and we will be upgrading that as well. Um, we have just been um, uh, successful with the local school in, in obtaining funding through the Australian Maritime Museum for a Palm Island Maritime Heritage Project, which we're very excited about. That project will teach research skills to local kids um, and they will learn about the boating heritage of the island. The, what they'll be researching is the old cargo ships that uh, were used in that trade that Valentine mentioned in the last presentation where all of the, the product, the produce from the island was shipped to the mainland to keep the mission running. Um, they will decide, uh, they will explore um, whether or not or which of those boats could be reconstructed on the island. So they'll be learning about their own heritage of their own family and community and also it's very much focused on practical skills. So it picks up on themes that Ian was mentioning. Um, what we have learned from running training in our community is that um, hands-on practical training is what works. Um, Classroom-based training doesn't work so well, but if you mix the both, um, it, 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 can, it can work quite well. And we, we're very sort of lucky to sort of operate adjacent to an old trade training um, centre where we sometimes are able to access some of the facilities there. Um, so in terms of our um, uh, initiatives that we're working on um, for um, incubating, incubating um, other 
small businesses. Mum Liz wants to set up a food bank. She has no land, so she's going to put her food, set up her food bank on Valentine's lease, and we'll help her get the the funding to do so. Um, and she's already Michelle's already done some some visioning with uh, with Mum Liz about how that might you know what. Uh, 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 strategic planning uh, around strategic planning. Uncle John Namoa um, will wants to do a, a workshop. He currently makes um, coconut oil, and it's really nice coconut oil. Um, and he also does. He's a Torres Strait Islander man, and he carves coconuts. And he makes everything from coconuts. So he's so he wants to actually pass those skills on. We can provide a co-working space or just a space where he can work from. Um, what else? Oh, yes, the Halverson, Valentine's Pet Project. We were given a Halverson, which is a, a, in, it's a, a, a wooden boat built in Sydney by a very famous boating family from Sydney who also built the Gretel II, I think it was, that won the America's Cup. So, didn't it? Oh, well, it was in the, the American Cup. <laughs> oh, that's right, it was later that, we won, that the Australians won the um, Cup. So. <coughs> How are we going for time? I think it's time to wrap up. And then we're going to question. Okay, so what I'll do is flick you through our pictures. Okay, so this was our housing design workshop in December. This is one of our completed projects. In that housing design workshop, Prue Gibson came up. She's on the right in, in the left-hand side photo. And over two days, she worked with people um, like the lady on the left, um, Annie Walsh. Annie, Annie, Annie Walsh, and um, Annie Annie blew us all away. She had her house design in her mind when she drove herself into that workshop on her little scooter, you know, one of those little motorized scooters. We were all there trying to work out how to do our designs, and she had hers built, <laughs> um, you know, within within a few hours. And that is a little house she would like us to help her build on her lease, on uh, her traditional lease, um, or customary lease, we call it, um, near the water where her family goes to camp. So in her, on her family camp. It's called the Family Camp Trust. Family yeah. Camp Trust. Thanks, Thomas. Um, Yes, yeah, so it's just amazing. We also had so we had people from seven to seventy years old building um, building um, designs for their for their um, houses that day. We also went on site visits to proposed housing sites. Um, so we can sort of I'm not going to dwell on this, but basically we're providing a service so that people can learn to help people who might have unsafe structures to sort of work out hey. That is not okay, you know. Your um, yeah, to, to help sort of protect people against future litigation. They're two different ends of the bay. So Butler Bay is uh, one of the beautiful bays on Palm Island. So and some people have have camps <coughs> at Butler Bay. Um, this is Palm Grove Cottage, which I mentioned before, and here are some of our wonderful volunteers who helped us pull it apart. And that's the house, and the house is on the left, and that's and that, how, how we want it to look is on the right. <laughs> that's actually the uh, the uh, snark that was featured on the Home and Away program. <laughs> and and and, uh, and this is um, our beautiful Cassie. Well, one, you know, like this is a photo. We thought we'd finish off with um, a photo of Cassie. Thank you very much. I had to stick that boat in there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> that was wonderful. That was really, really good. I really enjoyed that. I got a lot out of that.
I think the important thing is that there's actually a circle going on here in terms of education, the importance of education, bringing our kids up so who don't necessarily like school, but they want to get other skills. You should be retiring, but you're actually getting an education. Yeah, yeah. You're actually doing things that... Yeah, well, the, the, uh, the, um, the teacher aides would bring the kids, the kids would flame up, you know. They'd bring them down to my workshop. Yeah. And living with me for a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was Thomas one of them? <laughs> no, my kids were that. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't turning up at school, they were coming down to the workshop. Yeah. Yeah, boots on and everything. Yeah. So it just goes to show, you know, if there's a purpose or a intent and a will to do it, the kids will just get in and do it. And it's like leaders, you know, that, that um, go out and want to get an education again. Yeah, and keep studying, know, keep studying until, with the, you know. With the talk, with the, uh, we've had talk with the principal, of course we've got this Maritime Museum, uh, some funding there, and I'm going to, uh, there, there is some, uh, there is some fat there, so to get enough material to build a canoe, a wooden canoe, yeah. so we're going to, there is, a, there is a couple of things I want to uh, sort of just quickly touch on, and that's a procurement policy. Governments have procurement policies, and those policies can be given changed at any given time. You can become under a system a preferred supplier. So they might have a preferred supplier within the Townsville region or Palm Island. So that they they actually bids go out to only four, and they have an indigenous program, a policy program. The, the annoying thing that I hate about any successive governments is this this government at the moment has brought out a new procurement policy to, to overtake another, a new, another one. They haven't even implemented that one yet. Yeah. You know? And they don't want a new one to, for you to believe in as it goes to 2030. It's absolutely, it's a, yeah, 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 you go off and do over there, you know, smokes and mirrors, you go over there and do that, you little blackfellas over there, and we'll, we'll treat you as little things over here. Right. So that's the negative part of it. We were one of those you guys preferred. are trapped. We were one of those preferred suppliers. And you still didn't and get the contract. Yeah. And it's because it's got to go to mates. It and as not, I said in the they, last they, one, they actually, no matter which government it they is, actually told us contracts go to mates. So, like we, we, were, we were missing out on some contracts by... $45. We, our, our, our quotes were $45 lower than the winning quote. We bring up a complaint, hang on, what about the policy? We are a local company, we're employing local people. Oh, uh, no, well, we, we're going to have people complaining because you weren't actually the winning bid, you know. So, Murray's have to think about smarter, how do we, how do we go about it? And um, I've been talking with a lot of the communities in the Cape York, you know, even when, um, they're actually being really smart. They, they're uh, the getting onto solar panels, coming off the grid, they're using, um, getting in uh, battery capture uh, as, as targets. They're actually growing their own vegetables and stuff like that. And they're actually getting shipping containers. All them shipping containers are lay around everywhere. They're getting them, redoing them for, for their little uh, coffee shops to sit on the side of the roads. Simple inventions like that. And they're actually talking about getting these shipping containers and putting them next to national parks on the entrance where they own the land, free old land, and these people come through. Hello, you want a coffee? <laughs> um, if you don't pull up, then you know, we'll grab you when you go out. <laughs> um, any questions before we go to break? I was wondering how we can keep up with you. And Progress report. Yeah. Oh, just, just go on our website at majala.com.au. M-A-J-A-L-A. It's slightly different to the spelling of our corporation because our corporation was registered before we'd done the orthography. 
we done the language orthography and then we worked out that we should have spelled it differently, but right. we couldn't change it. Sorry for interrupting. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I have a question for, for Anne there. Uh, thanks very much. For, I love your enthusiasm. Um, I'm just, what, what you said with your, your custodian ownership uh, thing, if we're, to, if we're talking about new economies, um, so the idea of, of money can be viewed as, as an embodiment of, of ownership. Um, and so if we're to, to create a successful new economy, should we be steering away from the idea of ownership and, and looking at uh, an economy that's based more on custodianship of the land? I think, I think we're starting to do this with some of the non-monetary stuff. And how do we reclaim the value of reciprocity? Like this little system that's out here. You know what I mean? Someone who I was sitting at the table with me said, oh, I haven't got anything to offer. I said, you've got time. Time is a valuable asset. Sell your time. You know what I mean? So there's these ways of, we've got to have multiple strategies because no one system will work. Yep. We need complementary systems that are diverse. So we're obviously living in a capitalist system where we need the dollars, but we can have exchange of reciprocity. One of the things we didn't talk about is redefining labour and work. And you know, I was totally blown away when someone said to me, as an Australian, I wish I could have a full-time job for a full year. Mm. I couldn't believe it. Everything's casual, everything's yeah. contracts, everything's short-term. So what I'm saying is that it's not one strategy, and you can see the diversity in the here within mm. this is that we need complementary systems mm. and we need to be able to exist in modernity and mm. work out a way of exchange of reciprocity, trust, all of those other sorts of values. But we do need real money as And well. money is one of those components <laughs> of the moving part, so, which is, is, is a critical thing. And it's, and it's not about, um, and it's really critical, even though you might have money, it's about how you use that money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in a positive way. Anyway, let's have a break and thanks, <laughs> panel. Thank you. Thank you.